Penta, we're going to book for each adult in the house. Dom, yeah, if you want to help, you and uh, Donato can pass these out. They're $5 a book. Remember, we warned you. But, yeah, please hand them out. Everybody can have one. If you don't have the $5, do not worry about it. Because we want to help equip. Matter of fact, forget the 5 bucks. We're sewing it into you. I'm going to sew that into you. I want to sew that into you. Amen. Sometimes we do that only because this. Often, if people don't pay for something, they don't put the right value on it. And they don't read it. But we're confident that this house is made up of disciples. I said, we're confident that this house is made up of disciples, not just believers. Before we get into this book and the word, I want to just share something with you, something that's very important. You should have received it when you came in today. But every month, Julie Landis uh, gets these documents, these prayer pamphlets from um, Intercessors for America. And I want to say this, there is an office of intercessor in the body, but the whole church is called to intercede. So we have to learn the art of how to intercede. But in October, there was the, uh, the key thing addressed was an appeal to the church to get out and vote. There's a, a, a great saying, and I forget the guy's name, but he, oh, this is what he said, and it's known all over, nationally, if not globally. All that's necessary for evil to prevail is for good men to do nothing. In November, it's politics in the pulpit. Now, in case you don't know, the, there was a ruling made by President Lyndon B. Johnson and not before him. You have to understand, if anti and pro mean pro means for something anti means against amen so how many in here are pro christ let me see your hands any anti-christ in here praise god please be reveal yourself now and we'll take care of that (laughs) amen all right well guess what the god of this age and jesus called satan the god of this world the prince of the power of the air or the power of influence. He got it illegally. He got it legally from Adam, but it's an illegal operation. It was never supposed to occur. But now God, through his blood and through Christ, you and I are put back into that place to rule and reign in life. And voting is one of the ways you and I rule and reign. You and I get a chance to make decisions on the candidates that can make a difference in politics. Amen. So Lyndon B. Johnson passed this law that church, churches could no longer use their pulpits to validate a candidate or not. And if they did, they would lose their 501c3. That's called witchcraft. But it was put, it was put in. Yeah, his wife had Southland Corporation, which was 7-Eleven. Huh? Yes. There was a thing called the blue law many years ago, and there was no businesses open on Sundays because they honored the Sabbath. Oh, my God, where'd we go? Huh? The love of money is the root of what? Yeah. 
That was a big door. Pull people out. Yep. Get them working on the Sabbath. Please exercise your right to vote. Educate. Go on. Do the research. We, we're not going to tell you who. Just vote for the vote theocratically for the candidates that most comply with God's will and intention. And in here, they actually say it too. Whether they're born again or not, there are people who have moral compasses that agree more with the word than the Antichrist. Amen. Hallelujah. Did everybody get a book? All right. Say C spot run. <laughs> Hallelujah. We're going to take this week by week. Now, when normally I would do this on a midweek service, but because of the responsibilities a lot of people have, the minimum attendance, and I don't mean that critically, uh, we want everybody to be equipped with this because the Holy Spirit gripped me about a month and a half ago when I got an old version of this, and I, and I just drawn to it by the Spirit of God to do it again and read through it. And we used to do this frequently in our home, especially when the kids were there. But uh, look on the back of your book for a minute. And I hope you have a highlighter and pen. But let's do this. Holy Spirit, thank you that you're the teacher. And I'm convinced that you have deemed this so important in each one of our lives to reappraise our homes, that the supernatural peace of God would be there, that satanic activity or potential sat satanic activity would be eliminated from our homes, removed, or that you'll give us a safeguard as a result of the light and the instruction contained in this book, which is a reflection of your word. So, Holy Spirit, help us as a community of faith, personally, individually, as family units, and as a collective body to be on the same page in Jesus' name. Amen. So on the back of your book, it says, close the door to the enemy and open the door to God. Learn how to rid your home of destructive objects and spiritual darkness to create a fortress of love and light for your family. That's pretty good news. Amen. Good idea. Too many Christians are completely unaware of how the enemy has gained access to their homes through what they own. This practical, easy-to-read book shows you how to pray through your home and property in order to lock out evil and experience a richer spiritual life. With protecting your home from spiritual darkness, you're just 10 steps away from bringing freedom and security in Christ to your home. I don't know if you know this, but just because you're saved doesn't mean you don't, you're not under attack. Or there's stuff in our homes that needs to go. There are. In some instances, some of us have already been through this. But you can, act, you can innocently sometimes, if we drop our guard, we can pick up things or bring things into our home that have a demonic contact that becomes a portal. But as we go through this, but open up to the very first thing. I want you to see some of the endorsements in this book. Say training center. We're in a training center right now. Mode. By Jimmy Evans, the one that we use the, of marriage today. We use him for our married couples uh, meetings here. 
This book is practical and powerful advice in a world where the enemy is making an all-out, last-ditch attempt to destroy God's plan for marriage and family. Chuck Pierce's knowledge of Scripture, his keen prophetic insights, and personal transparency have produced a primer in spiritual warfare that will help equip you for success and victory. Amen? Frank Hammond said this, This much-needed book will help you discern what you have in your possession that would give legal right for evil spirits to indwell, harass, and create spiritual hindrances. Most everyone needs to do some spiritual house cleaning. Here is help for knowing where to begin and how to go about it. Hallelujah. Next page, Chris Hayward said this about it. Scripture says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, and the reference is Hosea 4, 6. The enemy of our souls is working overtime to pollute the very fabric of our culture. Many Christians are being swept away, unaware of Satan's devices to rob them of their peace and joy and the well-being of their homes. Like a hidden iceberg that tears a hole in a ship below the waterline, these pollutants can tear gaping holes in homes that will threaten to sink them. Well said. In this knowledgeable and biblical presentation, Chuck Pierce and Rebecca Sistema skillfully instruct us in how we can have homes that are filled with God's presence and that are free from the sometimes subtle ways they can become polluted. Amen? Harry Jackson said this, protecting your home from spiritual darkness is a must-read for sincere Christians. Chuck Pierce demystifies a topic that is often viewed as superstitious or, superstitious or imbalanced. Regardless of whether you are well-versed in the concept of spiritual warfare or just beginning to understand it, this book lays a clear foundation that will help you win the important battles in your life. For me, the acid test of this book's value is what its principles helped me during a cycle of sickness and depression that had attacked my family for years. Sometimes it's generational curses. We've got to learn how to deal with them. Now it's your turn. Dare to believe that you can break through into realms of victory. Hallelujah. Quinn Scherer said this. What is a spiritual house cleaning? He poses a question. Chuck Pierce tells us why and how to cleanse our homes in ways that some of us may never have considered before. I recommend protecting your home from spiritual darkness as a must-read, must-do book. And see, Peter Wagner, a dear friend of uh, Chuck Pierce, has said this, The devil is crafty, and he will blindside you with his evil plans as much as he can. This book shows you how to unmask his footholds in your home and break their power once and for all. Amen. I go to chapter one. I'm sorry, before you do. I'm jumping ahead here. Yes, chapter one. Spiritual life, liberty, and freedom. Say that with me. 
spiritual life, liberty, and freedom. That sounds good, doesn't it? I said that sounds good. And that's what we have in Christ. But we're going to go through this systematically. Follow along with me. The loud crash of thunder jerked Kathy from her troubled thoughts. Pulling the curtain aside, she peered out at the ominous clouds that had suddenly filled the Texas sky. She was an Eagles fan. Oh, I'm sorry. The turbulent weather only served as a dark reminder of Kathy's own life as a fresh wave of the all-too-familiar depression seemed to overcome her once again. She could barely move under the weight of her own cloud that had nothing to do with the summer thunderstorm. Kathy often suffered from bouts of deep, overwhelming depression. We all, possibly, not everybody, some people in here have gone through that. There could be people in here right now that you're having to deal with that issue. You're born again, baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost, and yet there seems to be, could be, there, I'm not calling that the things that are not as though they are. But that can happen, or we may know people that are having a, severe bout with depression. This book will help you. What does the word say? Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers are called to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Hey, our homes get the first benefaction of this. Amen? Our families and homes get the first fruit of this revelation and understanding. But then you and I will be equipped to help others get their house cleaned. Yeah, the depression may not always be from this. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's go through it. Despite counseling and prayer, we could not seem to discover the source of her constant gloom. As I was visiting with her one day, she asked me about a Greek statue that had been given to her by her former husband. She wondered if perhaps this, that statue had something to do with her depression. I agreed that the statue had to go, but I knew deep within my spirit that it was not linked to her suffering. Even so, I knew that something in her house was not right. I knew that something was connected to the dark shadow that hung over her emotions. I began walking through the house praying, Lord, show me anything in this home that is representing Kathy's depression. We looked at many antiques she had collected throughout the years. While antiques are often, not always, but often laden with demonic oppression, I knew that none of these objects was the problem. Then the Lord led me over to a glass bookcase. Say, the Lord led me. If you're praying in the Holy Ghost and you're open to seeing, to just do this, it's a good thing. You know, repentance sometimes gets a bad rap. People say, you know, repent, you filthy animal. No, repent, son and daughter of God, if you need to. Repentance is a good thing. It's a change of direction. Amen? To what? Put us more in a closer path with our Father. Redirection, yeah. Then the Lord led me over to a glass bookcase, which is a 
Revelation of Romans 8, 14, those who are sons of God are what? Led by the Spirit of God. Let me come back here. I knew in my spirit that there was something inside that needed to go. Here it is, a bookcase, amen? Glass bookcase. The Holy Spirit brings him in, draws him. Say draws. He draws him to a source. Now, in this case, in this particular, this is, may not be every case, but in this case, this is the testimony. This is what happened. I knew in my spirit that something was inside this case and needed to go. I reached up to the top shelf and pulled out a copy of the handbook for 32nd degree Masons. Kathy had no idea where the book had come from so that it was in her home or that it was in her home. I knew that that book had to be destroyed so we built a fire and burned it. That act was a turning point in Kathy's life. It set in motion a chain of events that led to the breaking of a Masonic curse in her bloodline. I heard one preacher say this one time. And this is going back when rat poison basically was made out of corn cobs or corn husk. He said, you know, rat poison is 90% corn. It's not the corn that kills the rat. It's the 10% cyanide. And he was comparing that to how cults come and they can present a lot of things that have a lot of truth mixed in it. But there's a reason and purpose. It's in, in order to plant seeds of cyanide, tears into the Christian's heart and mind. That's why we need the truth. Amen. We need pure, unadulterated truth. Masonry, there's a lot of groups in society that have risen up that do good works for humanity. Rotary Club. A lot of the Masons, they focus on that, this other thing on TV all the time, the, the Shriners and all these different things. They do a lot of good things, but there's an agenda behind it. There are dark rights to becoming a part of these clubs or these societies. There are dark rituals and covenants that are made with blessing and curse. Just like Satanism. It is a type of witchcraft. When you threaten people with a, a curse, that is, uh, and it's absolutely, they're serious about this. There are two, there are spiritual laws put in operation. There's intelligence and different things, really, well, we call it intelligence. But people coming into this can be sincere. And it can be so subtle the way you come in. Just like Jehovah's Watchtower. Jehovah's Witnesses, the Watchtower Bible Tract Society. They present enough truth. They use the Bible to seduce people that are ignorant of the Scripture to become a part of their organization and join their kingdom hall. They don't tell them some of the things that they're going to learn down the road. 
where Jesus, and their translation, the New World Translation says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, but their translation says, and the Word was a God, small g. But our Bible says, and the Word was God, Jehovah, the Son, amen? Big difference. But there's enough truth in there. Got to watch the cyanide. Amen? So masonry, in case you don't know it, is a dark society, regardless of the good things. You know, not everything that shines is gold. Amen? The Bible says in Proverbs, you can put a gold ring in a swine snout, and it don't make it any prettier. Well, anyway. Say, good preaching, Pastor. So we build a fire and burn it. Why? In Acts chapter 19, let's go there real fast. Acts 19. Why would they do something like that? He found the book and he said, we need to destroy this. He was led by the spirit of God. Amen. At least that's his testimony in the book, right? Led by the spirit to do this. Well, there's a precedent in the scripture. You may end up doing some of these things with things in your house. And it may not be legal in your township or your community to have a fire. Well, get the charcoal pit going and burn this stuff if it's necessary. In Acts chapter 19, it's a Paul's travels in Ephesus. Verse 11 said, now God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick and the diseases left them and evil spirits went out of them because of the anointing. Amen. Hallelujah. And then it goes on and tells an amazing story. Well, let's read it. Well, we're just going to continue. Verse 13 of chapter 19 of Acts, then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits saying, we exercise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches. Also, there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest who did so. Now look at this activity of this person that's demonized verse 15 and the evil spirit answered out of the human being through the human being say through the human being Jesus I know and Paul I know but who are you I say it this way. Who in hell are you? I didn't say who the hell are you? Who in hell are you? Uh, I know. I just wanted to, I wanted to sink down a little shock therapy. Carol's trying to put the bandaid on real quick. Who in hell are you?
Verse 16. Then the man in whom the evil spirit was leaped on the seven sons of Sceva. One man leaping on seven people trying to exercise the demon out of them. Leaped on them, overpowered seven men and prevailed against them so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded. We adjure you in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. Come out. They had no authority to do it. They weren't born again. Their name was not known in hell. Amen? Now, believe it, whether you know this or not, when you and I gave our life to Christ, guess what? We became marked. Hallelujah. (sighs) We lost their souls. You know, they're a child of God now. The, the playing field is changing. They have a source of authority over us now. We try, got our best bet is to keep people ignorant of the authority they have. Keep them in darkness. There, they're saved. Darn it. But if we can keep them ignorant, we can keep them Make them weak and impotent. You and I, what did Jesus say? And Carol has ministered this from John 15. You didn't choose me. I chose you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit remain. What kind of fruit? Doing the works of the Father, ministering the love of God to those who need it. Do you know anybody needs the love of God besides yourself? Sometimes the very things we need are, are given to us, our, our needs are met by God. When we go and help somebody else that has the same need. You need healing, heal somebody. Hallelujah. Well, anyway, in Jesus' name. They left the house naked and wounded. Go ahead, next verse. This became known to all Jews and Greeks dwelling in Ephesus, and fear fell on them all, rightfully so. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. Next verse. And many who had believed came and confessing and telling their deeds. Go ahead, Bill. Also, say also. Many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted up the value of them and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. Say payload. It was worth a lot of money. I'm not. Oh, I am. Good, please. So back then in the Amplified, it says that the it was about nine thousand three hundred dollars, and in those days, that was probably close to a million dollars or millions. About a million yeah. bucks in our day. Let's say a million. Yeah. Say a lot of cash. A lot of cash. And they didn't put the value on the cash like oh, when the, they were on getting the rid of it. Oh, this cost me so much money. It's like, are you kidding? Do you want to live with what you are? Are being tormented with. Yeah. Yeah. Get the evil thing out. All the stuff that these people had in their magic practices. Look, books. Books. And also, books, a lot of times when you get involved with magic and witchcraft, it's also articles. Say articles. 
those things become contact spiritually because of the source of the of the demonic source and the spiritual source behind this that is real saints it's real the spirit realm is real amen so articles can need to get burned articles need to be destroyed that could have some kind of connection as a portal for demonic activity in our homes amen it's getting good. Finding that book back in that page. As the curse was broken, I'm sorry, let me go back here. It set in motion a chain of events after they burnt the book. <clears throat> As the curse was broken, the gripping, overwhelming depression that had been Kathy's constant companion completely let go of her mind say completely was that a good thing and she has walked in freedom ever since finding that book was a key to exposing satan's stronghold over her emotions Destroying that book was an act of obedience that led to the eventual dismantling of that stronghold and to the liberty that Kathy enjoys today. Think about it. This is a generational curse. Not only Kathy, but Kathy and now her offspring and her children's offspring. Say generations. See, the thing sometimes that are a generational curse can become a generational blessing. It can be turned around. Amen. Well, glory. Hallelujah. What happened to Kathy? How did I know what objects needed to go? Hmm. Were any demonic forces attached to the book? What did Kathy's bloodline have to do with her suffering? We seek to answer these and many other questions concerning how demonic forces work within our own homes. It's our prayer that this book will help you determine any spiritual house cleaning you may need to do in order to protect your home from spiritual darkness. Amen. Let me see where we're at. Oh, we got another chapter. Well, let's start anyway. Understanding spiritual life, this is going to bless you. Starts off with John 10, 10, Jesus speaking. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have over, I have come rather that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Let's read that together. Can you put that up, Bill? Please, John 10, 10. Oh, you can. We can read it right from the book. Let's read it together. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. Jesus' words in this passage are not only a great comfort to his followers, But they are also a profound key to understanding the spiritual war 
in which we as Christians find ourselves. There is a thief who has come to steal, kill, and destroy. And all of us have experienced that in some way, shape, or form. He is the enemy of our souls. And it is important that we are wise to his schemes. Amen? The real issue in understanding how Satan works to bring death is to have an understanding of spiritual life. Amen? If we do not understand spiritual life, we will not be able to see where death has gained access and established itself in our homes. That's a good statement. Amen. Look at this on page uh, 12. The life that Jesus has come to give us is translated from the Greek word zoe, which means this. I just encourage you, underline each piece. First, to be possessed of vitality. Hallelujah. To be possessed of vitality. To have life active and vigorous. People say, well, how do you, you know, honestly, they say it to us a lot of times. How do you guys, you bounce around during praise and worship. You spin, you jump, you know, don't you guys know how old you are? Yeah, but we know how young we are. Oh, our spirit's doing a lot more than you see on the outside. (laughs) Come on. Why? Zoe lights on the inside of us. Hallelujah. My earth suit doesn't determine how I praise God. My spirit determines how we praise God. Hallelujah. Glory. Amen. (laughs) To be zest of vitality. To have life and active and vigorous. Zoe has to be devoted to God. Zoe life is to be blessed. Zoe is to be among the living. Not lifeless or dead or indifferent. (laughs) I'll add that. Zoe life is to enjoy real life. Zoe life is true life worthy of the name. Hallelujah. Remember, Paul said this in the book of Acts in him, Jesus, we live and move and have our being. It's not in earthly laws. It's not in the laws of human nature. We're born again. We have a different nature now. Hallelujah. We should celebrate it. To pass life on to others. That's part of what Zoe wants to do. Pass life on to someone else. Amen? It's not selfish, self-centered. Think about this with the definition of Zoe, what Paul said love is in Corinthians 13. To pass life on to others, to be fresh, strong, efficient, active, powerful, to be endless in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hey, That's alive inside of every one of us. 
Sometimes we need to do a checkup from the neck up. Say, hey, how come you're not lining up? It's in him, Zoe, I live in, move and have my being. Glory to God. Listen, anything else can't, is, is insufficient. Anything less than this kind of life in the Christian is unacceptable. And you and I need to have a resolve. You know what? If this is Zoe and it's in me, I want it. I want it. If it's on the inside, how do I get this thing activated? Glory to God. By believing what the word says. Hallelujah. By confessing what the word says. I'll tell you what, this would be a good thing for you to do between now and next week. Glory to God. I, I'm born again. Therefore, Zoe, life is in me. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. Because Zoe's in me. Oh, I am possessed of vitality. Oh, glory. I have life active and vigorous. Start speaking it over yourself. Yes. Hallelujah. How's faith come? By hearing. Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> God told Joshua, meditate on my word day and night, and you'll, have, you'll be prosperous and have success. Anybody want to sell for anything less than Zoe? I tell you what, let the, let the, listen, Paul had scales. Remember Paul on the trip to Damascus? Going to herd up Christians and all that stuff. God knocks him off his high horse. Covers his eyes. He has an encounter. With Jesus. And he had the sense because of the power of God coming on him as a lost soul on a mission. He thought of God that would please God. Amen. To to hurt up Christians, to kill them or incarcerate them. He was on God. He was doing God's job as far as he understood it. God knocks him off his high horse, covers his eyes with scales. Who art thou, Lord? Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Coming, I mean, it ain't none of his posse. This is a voice from heaven. Amen. That'd make a believer out of you. At least it should. Yeah. You're walking along. Voice from heaven. Saul. Saul. Ray, Ray, why do you persecute me? Huh? Who art thou, Lord? In other words, the experience he was having was so supernatural. He knew it was of one source or the other. He's about God's business, so he very, I am Jesus whom you're persecuting. Go to Damascus, and a man will come and pray for you three days from now that you might see. Because you remember what Jesus said to the Jews? Seeing you don't see. Hearing you don't hear. We need to hear with a voice. And I tell you this, saints. Hear what the Spirit is saying. It's not Chuck Pierce or Rebecca Sisterman. They are inspired by the Holy Ghost to help Christians have a greater success in their Christian experience. And the Holy Spirit put his finger on it, on your leader, to help equip you to have a, a cleaner home. Because we, apparently, we need, we need to do some house cleaning. Collectively. Amen. <laughs> Well, oh, it's a good thing. There ain't nothing like Mr. Clean, of which I look like. Look at this. To be endless in the kingdom of God. Furthermore, pick it up right here. Jesus tells us that he has come to give us this rich existence in abundance. 
by believing in me. What what do you say? The thief cometh to kill, steal, kill, or destroy. I have come that you might have life and have Zoe abundantly. I don't know the last time you looked at this, but every time I read this, I get excited. What is abundant life? It means excessive life. It means overflowing life. It means having adequate surplus. It is over and above kind of living. (laughs) It means more than enough. Say more than enough. That's a position where there's not too much month at the end of the money. That's a place where you and I believe God for his provision and prosperity and witty ideas and inventions. It doesn't come by laying and sleeping on the couch and confessing the word. It's finding the heart and mind of God. And if you need to have a second job or believe God for creative ways and ideas, believe God for inventions. Amen. Why are the sinner folk doing it? God says, amen. The wealth of the sinners laid up for the just. But most sinner folk are capitalizing on it because the saints are lazy. No, we need to press into God and get the heart and mind of God. A spirit of wisdom and revelation. Lord, how can I become a greater steward of, of kingdom things? Of finances to help advance the kingdom of God. To help lives get changed in the kingdom of God and in the earth. Amen? Yes. Glory to God. Woo! Jesus tells, oh God, Abashike. Makes me want to pray in tongues. The rich existence in abundance, which means excessive, overflowing surplus, over and above, more than enough, profuse, extraordinary life, more than sufficient life, superior life, not inferior. Abundance is superior. Hallelujah. Amen. Tell you what, sometimes I feel like, yeah, 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 yeah. it's like Porky the Pig. Who am I in Christ? Yo, hey, I am a son of God. Bless God. I have Zoe life. An abundant life. Glory to God. When's the last time we just agree with God and said those things? I have Zoe life and abundant life in Christ. Hallelujah. I tell you what, what happens? It, we get cheated. Sometimes we cheat ourselves. We just read the word when he wants us to speak it. Say it out loud. Say it out loud. That's how you get it in your heart. That's how you get the word of God in your heart. It's not enough to have the word only in our minds. We got to have the word in our heart because out of the heart flow the issues of life. What we really believe because the result of what's in our heart. Whoops. Sometimes the cat comes out of the bag. Sometimes the wrong things come out of our heart. What's that? It's a, it's a telltale. It's not to be condemned by. It's like, I need to get this tear out of my life and replace it with wheat. Come on. Say it's wheat planting time. We're almost done. Superior life. More remarkable. More excellent. In me, you must have life and have Zoe abundantly. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It makes me happy. (laughs) Glory to God. That's my portion. What did we decree with the tithe thing? 
We are heirs of Abraham. The promise swore to Abraham. Amen. Life means movement. Look at your book. Anytime the life of Jesus or the Holy Spirit quits moving within our lives, death begins its process. Death is the opposite of life. Therefore, we must be aware of anything that produces death within us. Amen? We'll get down to the bottom of this page. The abundant life that Christ brings is not a promise of a fairy tale in which, as we live happily ever after, we find continual joy in our perfect life. In fact, the Bible clearly states that the opposite is true. In the world, you will have tribulation. John 16, 33. Jesus said that. Amen. You can't confess tribulation away. We cannot usurp the son of God. It's not about name it and claiming it. He's given us advice, counsel, wisdom, and light of the things you and I will face while we're still here on the earth. Oh, pastor, that doesn't sound so encouraging. Jesus said it. Hey, we got a handle on this. He's given us a hint. He's given us light. He's given us instruction. He's given us direction. He gave us a clue. Oh, Billy Joel, only the good die young. Only the good die young. Baloney! You lying devil. The good have a promise of long life. Hallelujah. You want to die young? That's on you. Go to heaven quicker. I want to fulfill the Father's plan for me on this life. How about you? I don't care if it's behind the pulpit. You and I are called to be salt and light everywhere we go. To change the atmosphere. Hallelujah. See, I'll tell you what. Oh, there's a glory in knowing who you are and who's because of whose we are. Hallelujah. Yeah, glory. Jesus said this in the world, you have tribulation. However, that verse goes on to say, but say, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Now, here's the deal. Well, that's good. What does tribulation mean? In the world, you'll have tribulation to deal with. You're going to have tribulation to deal with. And this is what the Greek word says. Write this down. Tribulation. Write it in your book. Distress. 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 Semicolon. You're not going to like this one. Anguish. By faith, I, I, I don't have any anguish. 
Anguish is not my portion. Anguish is not our portion, but we're going to have to deal with it. You know, UPS brings something to your door. You have to either accept it if it's one that you have to sign for. You all here? If a package comes to your door and it's something that has to be signed for, you have to make a decision to sign for it or say keep it. Come on. Tribulation is going to come to your door. Do you accept it or you deal with it? Do you cower to tribulation? Do we cower to anguish or do we say, I'm not on my watch? Anguish in the name of Jesus Christ, you bow the knee to the word of God. Anguish, I mean, Jesus was, uh, he he knew and, and was acquainted, that's the word, acquainted with everything you and I face and suffer. He understands anguish. Do you think Jesus understood it? Come on. It also means affliction. In the world, there's affliction. And the last word is, in the world, you'll have trouble. Anybody ever have any trouble? Come on, be honest. Let me see your hands or your lying dog. We've all had trouble. Amen? But trouble is just something that has to be ruled with, ruled over. Trouble is something that has to be addressed, managed. Say manage. Well, you and I need how to manage these different things. They happen in life. But Jesus said, hey, this is stuff that's coming down the pike if you're on the earth. If you live in a body and you're still on planet earth, there's gonna, these things are coming in your life at some way, shape, or form. Aren't you glad that he's omnipresent and God says thus far no more in our life? You and I sometimes, we're at our wit's end in things we face. We're at our wit's end, and it's like, God, I got a heavy prayer to pray. Help! That's all he needs. And you know what? Sometimes he's waiting for you and I to get to that place. Well, glory. Our joy does not... Oh, glory to God. (laughs) Let me finish here. Where was I? Oh, rejoice, be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. The Apostle Paul takes it one step further by saying, we also, in Romans chapter 5, verses 3 and 4, we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces something. Tribulation, if we address it and handle it the right way, this is what's going to be produced in our life. They say fruit. Fruit. Everybody say fruit. fruit. Knowing that tribulation produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. It's a domino effect. Character helps to produce hope in our hearts. So when tribulation's in our face, anguish, distress, trouble is in our face, you and I need to understand that count it all joy. James said, count it all joy when you face different trials. Because something good's going to happen if you believe. My God shall turn this around for good. Hallelujah. There's going to be, oh, come on, devil. Yeah, mm-hmm. you want to bring it my way? You want to get in my face? Guess what? God's going to produce his character in my life greater than it was previous to this test. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right, let's wrap this up. Because of our covenant relationship with God, we're still on page 12. Even in times of tribulation, suffering, or loss, we have the promise of abundant Zoe life. 
According to Isaiah 61, Jesus is anointed to heal the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning and a garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Such promises are the heritage of God's children. Our joy does not come from a perfect, pain-free life, but rather from a peace that surpasses all understanding. Hallelujah. From an intimate relationship with the author of Zoe himself. Amen. Well, glory to God. That's just the warm-up. Pretty good stuff. Amen. God's going to help us, saints. But this is a good place to start before we even get into the other things. And we have some testimonies of how God has guided us through things to help people's marriages be saved, homes be delivered of demonic activity. It's true. Amen. Can I share one thing? Absolutely, babe. You know, um, that last part of it, we don't, we don't let things, we can't let things dictate to us. We've walked through uh, as, as, and, and this is not a martyrdom type of uh, uh, confession or what I'm going to share with you because it's not. Um, you know, we understand the fact that if you're in leadership and in, in um, ministry that the attacks of the enemy are going to come at you pretty hard, you know, at times. And sometimes the rug being pulled, anybody have the rug pulled out from under you where you're just walking along and then all of a sudden something happened and it's like, bam, where'd this come from? What happened? I didn't see this coming, you know, but I'll tell you something. When we walk through these doors, our life is no different. When we walk through these doors, if you see us walk through here and our heads are hung down and we're just like, well, let's praise God because we're really going through a really hard time. Do you know that's when we press through even further and harder because we're not going to let the situations dictate to us to steal what God has promised us. We work at pushing through, church. Did you hear that? You have to work at spiritual things. And so we're not going to let the enemy steal what rightfully belongs to us. And I'll tell you something. When the Lord spoke to uh, he gave me this word and it was for the church. He said, praise and worship is one of the the, um, avenues into the realm of the... Who? Roadway. No, Roadway. Roadway. No, one of the avenues into the realm of the spirit. Our lifestyle of praise and worship is one of one of the avenues into a, into the realm of the spirit. Praise and worship. I cannot come here. Like, I'll be honest with you. I had to go to the bathroom during one of the songs. Okay. All right. So I ran out real quick. Christy stand by the door. I said, Christy. I said, go sit. I said, I got to go to the bathroom. I love this song. And it's like, because I, you know why? Because the Zoe life inside of me wants to jump. (laughs) Guys, 68 years old and I want to jump. I want to spin. I want to do. I want to, I just want to. And I look and I go, where is the Zoe life here? Come on, get out of 
the, the, the carnal self that is trying to keep you down. Hallelujah. It's like, get yourself moving. And I had to go to the bathroom real fast so I can come back here and so I could jump and spin and do whatever I can do. My body will let me do right now. You know? Amen. And all I'm saying is this, and you know why? Because we face things that you guys don't know about. And I have to push through those things. And if I have to get into that realm where God lives and where he dwells and that avenue is right here in front of me, I am going to get on that avenue and I am going there. Amen. And I am pushing through. And when we sit back and we sleep and we slumber, and even if we go through this book and you do nothing with it, then shame on you, shame on us if we never do anything with it. But we've walked through this book before this book even came out. God would give us revelations and show us things. Do you know when we were in Africa, I'll share this one thing with you. When we were in Africa, the ministers there, pastors there, we held the pastors conference and you guys all support it and gave into that. And we couldn't do it unless you guys gave the way that you did. Held that conference over there for pastors. And those pastors were so blessed put them up in a hotel, took care of the food and everything else. Different ministers that we had, pastors that were there, contributed and giving and and to help bless the other leaders that were there and pastors and all this. And at the end of the meeting and all, they were so blessed. And one of the pastors got up and said that the name, that, that our name would be a household name. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I I guess that's a blessing. I don't know. But I'm thinking I want Jesus to be the household name. Yeah. Jesus, the household name. But that's a way that they show honor. So you know what this pastor did? Because he was a king of their tribe. And he wanted to bless us with something. That was to them very significant. And they hold in high regards. Culturally. Culturally. Not kingdom-wise, say culturally. And he gave to us probably what was passed on. And it was what a king would hold in Africa in this particular tribe. And it was, uh, it was wrapped in, in, it had a handle on it. And it was either a tail of a horse or yeah, a zebra, like a horse, horse tail. And, and he gave it to us. And we walked, we walked to the hotel, and as soon as he gave that to us, everything inside of me went, ugh. Eh. It was like, ugh. Eh. But yeah, you, know, you don't now go, you could have walked ugh, away. when the king hands you something, ugh. Listen, I went the over there. My first, my first time over there was with a team of other people that were born again, spirit-filled, word-of-faith Christians. And we had time to, you know... We say time to kill, but time to spend because... Spare. Spare. Yeah, we kind of locked up in our compound because mercenaries were coming in and all this stuff. And anyway, we got some free time out. We went to the... They call the Ivory Mall. And anyway... We were there, and I, when we, we were all buying something, and you had to barter and bargain and all this stuff with them. And when we came back to the compound where we were staying, I looked at what they purchased, and I went, what? Some of the people that were on the team. Most of them that were on the team yeah. had no clue. 
And I went, you cannot take this back. You've got to get rid of this. Do you know what this represents? Buying masks, buying different things. Artifacts. The curses, the things that were on it. Now, when we got back and, and, and they listened to me, and at first they were like, no. And I said, let me tell you, we understand that realm. We know about that realm. And don't bring this home because you do, you're bringing a curse. It's going to travel you. So going back to um, the horsetail, when we got back to the hotel, I looked at my husband. I said, Mm-mm. this has got to go. And we're going to break any form of curse or anything right now in Jesus' name. And we got, now listen. A sincere, not, a sincere endeavor now some of from this thought, pastor wow, and king the of the tribe. Listen, you, some of you might have thought this way. Wow, it was the king that gave this to us. But he's a pastor now. He's born again. And, the, and that was passed down to him. It was a legacy passed down. And he was honoring us to give us that. In and his everything mind. everything inside of us went no. But you could have reasoned that away. Do you hear what I'm saying? We reason things away. But yeah. And we how could we give? Other, how could we destroy this? And we said, "There's absolutely no way that this is because we know what's attached to it, yeah. and it's wicked and it's evil." And he did not know that. But okay? here's a good thing: it got out of his hands into ours, and we took care of it. Yeah. So that thing that was a portal for possible demonic activity for him and his generational seed was passed on. So we have seen other things. We, we have been in other be ministers' homes where they had different artifacts and different things, things that they were teaching out of for, to their congregation, <clears throat> and we once say, what? A lot of marriages and, have and been destroyed because of artifacts. Them. We had to talk to them, marriages that were saved because God showed us. So this is like, listen, guys, it's not, it's not because it's to bring you to awareness because you might not know. Amen. And that's what is so important. You know, God says he's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. Without spot or wrinkle. So, you know, the spirit of God. So. I want to encourage you, please do not leave this book at home next week. Do not. No. Please come next week. We want to continue. And you can read in advance, but we're going to tear it apart. We're still going to go through Yep. Go through this step by step. What? Huh? Do we need We're out books? of books? All right. How many, how many did Who not Who did not get a book? One? Okay. Debbie, did you get uh, one? We'll get. All right, so you at least share one in the meantime? A couple. Okay, so we'll order. Okay. All right. All right, we'll order we'll get more, some more because I know that Tim and Elena and Charity and Ryan, um, Vicki <coughs> will be going this week to Texas because Ryan or. Um, one of their families get married. Aaron, Vicki's grandson, is getting married. And Tim and Timmy. And Sarah and Elena are going to the Dallas game at the stadium in Texas on Monday. So, yes, that's a good thing. Yes. So I said, enjoy your trip thoroughly. Yeah. 
please rise. Yeah. Oh, boy, she has to get an in. Just in case you don't know, I'm a Dallas fan. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And look at all the Eagle fans huddling over there. And we're still together after 50 years. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Let's go before. Let's thank the Lord. I'm going to pray a blessing over you. Car? Let's pray, guys. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you for the truth of Scripture. And Holy Spirit, thanks for bringing the subject to our attention and for our study. That as we delve into this, Lord, for such a time as this, Mm -hmm. that we can uh, get educated, have more light, Mm -hmm. and empowered to make sure our homes are darkness-free. And how to protect it, maintain it, keep it, and share it with others. In the precious name of Jesus. Thank you for victory and abundant life. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Glory. Give each other a, a greeting and you are dismissed.